Thanks for listening to the 242 Young Adults Podcast with Pastor Justin Corkum. Our prayer is that this message will be an encouragement to your life in Christ. And so a good question to ask, because now we're going to move into baptism. And this is the question that I ask, because I, I feel like when you, when you see John 20, 22, and they receive the Holy Spirit, and then you see Acts uh, 1, 5, this is what helped me out. Because there are some people that say, well, John and, and, and chapter 20, that's just his version of them receiving the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't make any sense when you think about it because Jesus is the one telling them in John 20, receive the Holy Spirit. And then this is when he first sees them. He just resurrected, right? He just like rose from the grave. He is seeing them for the first time and he's saying, hey, receive the Holy Spirit. And Acts 1 this is right before he's ascending. So if you know any of the background, Jesus was with them for around 40 days. So around 40 days later, Jesus is saying, hey, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the gift that has been promised to you. John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So the question to ask yourself is why would Jesus say receive the Holy Spirit and then tell them 40 days later to wait a couple more days until you're baptized in the Holy Spirit if there isn't a difference between receiving the Holy Spirit at salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit. So so that's where you know you see that tangible difference between those two instances and and you can't conclude that like oh it's just the same thing. So receiving the Holy Spirit in the way that they did was much different than, than encountering the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the way that they did at, at Pentecost. So diving into to this, when you look at the Greek word there uh, for receive, pretty <laughs> straightforward. I, you know, I hate to go into it, but sometimes it, it means to receive. Um, so you know, to get, to obtain, you know, it, it, it's, sim- it's simple. So at that moment, they, they obtained, they gained, they received the Holy Spirit. Now the word baptized, we've talked about this as well, but I'm going to recap it for those that might not um, have heard. And some of this will be repetitive, but it's okay. So the word baptized is different. It means to dip repeatedly, to uh, uh, immerse, to submerge, a vessel sunk, to cleanse by dipping or submerging, to wash, to make clean with water, to wash oneself, to bathe, to overwhelm. So you see all of these different connotations, but what is the one connotation that you're getting through all of that? You're going under. And you're not just like, boop coming out like you're staying under you're 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 remaining in it of a vessel sunk I mean think about the Titanic as it is sitting at the bottom of the ocean floor surrounded by water and it's going to stay there surrounded by water and I think about us as vessels sunk right are we are we diving in to the to the to the spirit of God in our lives, I, I like overwhelming. Think about it this way: we pick you up, we drop you in the middle of the ocean, above Mariana's trench, and uh, and you just get to swim there. Think about the overwhelming nature of the ocean. 
Have you ever been in a spot where you like you felt like you were about to like drown at one point and you like lost like your sense? We all know that idea of or that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I just lost. I'm lo- I don't have control. With the Holy Spirit, that is the point. It's not about us. It's not about us like doing what we want to do, but it's about surrendering our will to the Holy Spirit. Let me read, uh, we're going to talk about baptism. I feel like it's a good place to start. Baptism. I want to read a note from F.F. Bruce. This is from his book, The Acts of the Apostles. It's the Greek text commentary. He says this, and we'll explain it, but I'll read it first. Baptism in water, such as John the Baptist's baptism, uh, is distinguished from baptism with the Holy Spirit. Those who receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, however, may also be baptized in water. There's one example of people who had previously received John the Baptist's baptism, then received Christian baptism as a a preliminary to receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. John's was a baptism of repentance as was also Christian baptism, but as John's pointed forward to Jesus, it became obsolete when he came. Christian baptism followed faith in the Lord Jesus, and it was associated with his name, which was invoked by the person being baptized. It signified the remission or washing away of sins. Sometimes it preceded, sometimes follow, and sometimes followed the receiving of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So let's do this. Let's break it down. Gotta love it when these things. John's baptism will be the first thing that we talk about. Then you have Christian baptism. Sorry for my handwriting. Probably can't see it because it's barely writing anyway. And then you have spirit baptism. Yeah, you can barely see that at all. It's all right. So John's baptism. When John came on the scene, he was point, his baptism was a baptism of repentance. It was, he was pointing to Jesus. He was saying, hey, everybody, the Messiah is coming. Right? The, the person that we've been looking for, he's coming. And it was, it was a prepare your heart for, for the coming of the Lord. So people were repenting and, and they, were, they were kind of, his baptism was a, a symbolism of a person's repentance and a preparation for, for the, the arrival of the Messiah. So that was kind of John's baptism in a nutshell. It was a person saying, okay, today I'm getting baptized underwater and, and when I do this, it is symbolic that I've, I'm preparing my heart. I'm getting right with the Lord because I know the Messiah is coming. I'm, I, want, I want to receive the Messiah. I'm looking to the Messiah. So when Jesus came, and, and, and when you read chapter 1, 2, 3 of John, you see that John starts to kind of back away. As soon as Jesus enters the scene, he starts kind of backing away. John 3, 30, he even says, it's okay. 
I must decrease, he must increase. And he's saying, does a, does a bride, does the, the friend of the bridegroom get upset as the bridegroom's taking his place? No, he celebrates that the bridegroom has arrived. So he's taking the back seat. Because of that, because Jesus came, John's baptism of repentance, it was no longer applicable. It was pointing to Jesus. The moment Jesus came was the moment that it was no longer applicable. So that's where we transition into Christian baptism. This is, this is a baptism of, of faith. It is still a baptism of repentance. But instead of, hey, I'm repenting and I'm looking forward to Jesus coming, it's, it's a, hey, I repent of my sin and I, I'm confessing Jesus is Lord. It, it was a, and, and we talked about baptism at one point. Being baptized in first century, like Judaism, when Christianity was happening, much, 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 much different, a couple thousand years removed, as most things are. When, you know, today people come in, we come into the church, you know, and, and I'm going to get baptized today. And you got like a couple hundred people, like clapping their hands, praise Jesus, woo, praise the Lord. And then, you know, look what the Lord has done, you know, and everybody's singing and shouting, hey, and that I'm sorry I just realized what I just did uh, <laughs> and I apologized to everybody <clears throat> but back then this was not it wasn't a it wasn't like this huge amazing people are celebrating it's so great let's go out to Applebee's afterwards the moment that you were baptized you were making a confession to associate your entire being with Jesus as God's son now let me remind you when when Peter's preaching the church is about 120 people at that moment on the day of Pentecost and we're going to dive back into Acts as soon as we get through our mini-series but when he's preaching and he says repent and be baptized they're not thinking like oh this would be great I'm going to go to the church I'm going to get to share my testimony I'm going to get to be baptized and declare like my new life. Well, no, this was, this was the church just getting off of the ground. And this was a step of surrender. All right. And so think, just keep that in the back of your mind. Baptism. Baptism is surrender. All right. It's, it's a symbolization of surrender. And it's going to apply in a little bit. But they were coming and saying, look, I'm being baptized into the name of Jesus. It was saying, I identify with Jesus. I love that song. I've, def I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. That's baptism. Little side note, you have to be saved in order to be baptized. All right, salvation, you, got, you have to be saved before you can be baptized. In simplicity, how, if baptism is a declaration of Jesus as Lord, it's a declaration of repentance of your sin, and it's a, a declaration that you believe in, in the risen Son of God, that Jesus is the risen Son of God, how can you be baptized if you haven't done that yet? Like baptism is just simply, it's like the response to, it's an outward confession of, 
uh, or display, outward display of salvation, that confession, that salvation, that repentance, that salvation. So you have to be saved before you can be baptized. But you don't have to be water baptized necessarily to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't think that that, there are instances, there are scriptural support for that. But I think for the most part, you know, people got saved and then they were immediately baptized. Um, and usually then they were prayed for and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So why don't we do that? Um, why don't we jump into Acts? If you guys want to turn uh, your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. And uh, what I was just mentioning, scriptural support, Acts 10, Cornelius, he is a God-fearer. But he's a Gentile, and Paul just comes, preaches the gospel to him, and they start speaking in tongues. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit, and Peter goes, oh my gosh, who can deny these people being baptized into the name of Jesus? Christian baptism, right? Water baptism that we understand today. Who can deny them being baptized into the name of Jesus? <laughs> they just were baptized in the Holy Spirit. We can see it. They're speaking in tongues. And so there, there's an example of that. Um, so, you know, just so you, I'm, we're going to read that in, in just two seconds, but um, Acts chapter 2. Going back to the idea of, of just surrender. Remember the pickle recipe? Right? For those that don't remember the pickle recipe, uh, there's a... I'm just going to read it. Yeah, I'll read it. The word should not be confused with bapto, the clearest example that shows the meaning of baptizo, which is this word that Jesus is used, uh, Jesus used to the disciples to wait until they are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's a text from the Greek poet, a physician, Nicander, who lived about 200 BC. It's a recipe for making pickles. And it's helpful because it uses both words. Uh, Nicander says that in order to make a pickle, the vegetable should first be dipped, bapto, into boiling water and then baptized, baptizo, in the vinegar solution. Both verbs concern the immersing of vegetables in a solution, but the first is temporary. The second, the act of baptizing the ve vegetable, produces a permanent change. And so when you think about a cucumber, a cucumber cannot become a pickle unless it remains in that vinegar solution. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not. It is not a one-time encounter. Because oftentimes, this is how it's been painted. This is how most of us have, have seen it. Come, come, come to the altar. Come receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. People come forward, we pray, and, and, we, and some people come forward expecting or, or looking for the, the gift of tongues. And, and so we pray, and then if the gift of tongues doesn't show up, we, okay, I didn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit. If it did show up, Great, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we use this past tense, like, I was baptized. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. When's the last time you spoke in tongues? 
See, that, that shouldn't be. You don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit and have a one-time encounter, and then the gifts of the Spirit just don't occur in your life. There needs to be a consistent resting, right? When you think about the word baptized, an overwhelming, a saturation, like the Spirit of God. You should be diving in, pursuing after the Spirit of God in your life, remaining in the Spirit of God. Going back to the plug. The power is always available. Everything that the Holy Spirit desires to do in your life is available. All of, all of his power, all, of, all that he has is available. But are we pursuing what is available to us? Remember when we started this whole thing off? God desires for us to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. He wants it so bad. He wants it more badly than we do. So that's like comforting to know that. And I was talking with Pastor Gary, and it was really cool because he was kind of he was kind of saying, "Hey, it's kind of like a uh, it's kind of like an underwater reservoir, right? And if you're a well, what happens? You you tap that under underwater reservoir. This is the Holy Spirit, right? And, and that reservoir is there. And, and that whole idea of like um, the springs uh, uh, of living water, right? He said, you know, and this is, this is our conversation this afternoon. You know, when you receive the Holy Spirit at salvation, he, f- he fills you up. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is much, is much more than Him just filling you, right? It's much more than Him just dealing with the issue of sin in your life. It's much more than Him refining you and, and sanctifying you and, and making you more like Jesus. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the more that you tap into this reservoir, it begins to now pour out springs of living water and that's the picture that i want you to see that the baptism of the holy spirit is not just it's not the holy spirit's not just for you to get right in and to take care of that darkness on the inside right it's not just to take care of the sin issue the holy spirit is is to empower you to serve god And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit, it's through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when you begin to to really just deepen that walk with the Lord, when you have that encounter, that initial encounter that continues, that it then begins to pour out. And that's really the picture that, that I want, the difference, right, between being receiving the Spirit, the Spirit filling you at salvation, and then being poured out and seeing the spirit of god use you in power so when you look at acts chapter 2 i'm just want to luke accounts for for people getting baptized in the holy spirit um so i just want to go through acts 2 4 everyone present was filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance acts 8 14 to 20 when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. 
when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They were saved, but they hadn't, the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had received the Holy Spirit at salvation, but the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon. Remember we talked about come upon and how it, it, was, it gave that picture of like an army that was being overtaken by an opposition? Uh, and I used Lord of the Rings as the example of that like green ghost army that just kind of floods in and just wipes everybody out. Like, that's the picture, right? They overwhelm, and that points right back to baptism. So the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. So look, they were saved. They wouldn't have been baptized. Get this, all right? They wouldn't have been baptized into the name of Jesus if they hadn't confessed Jesus as Lord and believed in their heart that Christ was risen from the dead. They had salvation experience. They had baptism, Christian baptism, but they had yet to receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit yet to, to come upon them. So Peter and John placed their hands on them, and Scripture says that they received the Holy Spirit. In verse 18, it says, When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. And said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. A lot of people use this passage of scripture there. They, they kind of pinpoint Simon's response when they laid their hand. Because, you know, th there was no mention of a, a physical evidence necessarily. But in this instance, Simon responds and says, Hey, I just saw you pray for them, and I just saw them receive the Holy Spirit. Like, give me that ability. So he must have saw something physically that would lead him to believe that these people had encountered the Holy Spirit and been baptized. Acts chapter 10. This is Cornelius. We talked about this, 44 to 46. So you, you had an instance just before now. They were saved. They were baptized in Jesus' name, right? So, so they received salvation. They were baptized in Jesus' name, but they haven't, been, they, haven't been spirit, they haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. But in Acts 10, verse 44 says, Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. The Holy Spirit fell upon those listening. How do we know that? They began to speak in tongues. They had not been baptized in water yet, but they still received the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they had already been saved. They received the word, the gospel, as Peter was preaching. In Acts 19, and this is our last kind of scriptural reference before we wrap it up and we take uh, some questions. Acts 19, 1 to 7. And again, we're going to dive into all of these passages of scriptures later. Like, obviously, we're going to be going through Acts. So, like, we'll get there. Um, but just to kind of give some basis for, for what we're talking about tonight. 
So Acts 19, one to seven, it says this, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told them to uh, the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were then baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So I'm not so what basically why am I reading this? I just want to support everything that I kind of just mentioned. So I'm not just making up the whole John baptisms no longer great or you know the Christian baptism spirit baptism thing that that this was a sequential thing. Paul is coming t- and these guys are still just like hey, yeah, what is spirit baptism? Uh, we have John's baptism. And he's like, "Guys, what do you no. No. That's that's done. That pointed to Jesus. Jesus is here." So they received Jesus, but they were kind of still in this place of ignorance. Can I, can I even just speak to that? The Holy Spirit, God's not upset if you're confused, okay? He's not upset that you're confused. He is so excited that you're searching, that you're running after him, that you're seeking his face. And, uh, and really one of the things that, that I want to speak to is, is kind of just clearing, clearing the air, Because of, because of, I think, sometimes the, the, the things that have happened in regards to the Holy Spirit or what people have attributed to the Holy Spirit that, that might, well, definitely isn't the Holy Spirit, because of the abuse, we are often put in a position where it's, I, I just don't even want to go near it. You know what, there's so much controversy, I just don't even want to touch it. And when we do that, we miss out on the best thing that God has for us. And so if you're in that position where, you know, you just kind of stayed away from this whole conversation, this whole topic, because frankly, you had no idea how it works. It's never been something that you've even thought about and and you didn't even care to. Can I just tell you, seek after the Lord. One of the things that I want to talk about is what the Holy Spirit really the Holy Spirit baptism it's not it's not tongues kind of just to clarify this the baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't tongues and it isn't any gift really in in that instance the gift is simply just a result of the spirit baptism maybe maybe let's let's simplify this That word baptism conveys like that constant remaining. So why don't we do this? Simplifying this concept of baptism, I really feel like this is the Holy Spirit because I didn't prepare this. When you think about relationship, when I, when I remain with my wife because we're married we're all, we're always together I mean this is the type of couple that we are unless I have to come like into the office here 
Um, if that's not the case, we're, we're pretty much together all the time. And, and I think that this is, this is where we make it the disconnect. We think that, that there, it, there's some sort of like experience, this like, like encounter that, that in order for us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Another thing that we do is we seek tongues. We make it about the gift and not the gift giver. And in essence, we become a bunch of spiritual gold diggers. We're in it for what, right? So what's a gold digger? It's just a person who tries to get in, uh, into like a marriage relationship with somebody because they got a lot of money. They're in it for the benefit. They're in it for the money for them. There's no attachment. There's no love. That's why in Paul, Paul says uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he says, seek love let love be your highest goal that is the highest goal love but also desire spiritual gifts but you have to make love the highest goal it's okay to want to be used by god it's okay to want the holy spirit to use you but don't miss loving the holy spirit if i only had relationship with my wife because she makes awesome food because she does my laundry. I'll admit it. She does my laundry, okay? I just put it out there, all right? If I only, if I only, and she does a million other things, but I'm not gonna extend the, the, the podcast for the sake of that, or this evening. But if I only loved my wife for what she had to offer me, or I only sought after the Holy Spirit for tongues, or for a gift, what is my motivation? for being filled with the Spirit. I'll be honest. When I was younger, and I'm in church, and I'm seeing this person pray for, they get healed. What? Or you have, you know, somebody come in and they had a prophetic word. Uh, one of my mentors as I was young, he would have prophetic words for people. He'd tell them where they work and what they did and all that stuff. And I'd be like, It's like superpowers. That's like as a kid, I'm like, superpowers. I want those. And and sometimes we look at it and we look at it from our own personal benefit. We want it just because we think it's cool. Oh wow, you know what? If I could just pray for somebody for them to be healed, that'd be just so cool. Oh, you know, if I just had a prophetic word for somebody, that'd be amazing just to like hear God's voice that way. But it's not about, it's not about people. It's not about God. It's about you. And that's why I didn't receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'd never had that encounter until I understood that the reason you seek after the Holy Spirit's baptism, the reason that you seek after, it's relational. The moment that you get that in your mind, Spirit baptism equals spirit relationship, like relationship with the spirit. I think a, a thought for those that have been seeking just this spirit empowerment, I think a, a very comforting thought is that the Holy Spirit has, if you're a believer, has full reign in your heart. He has already filled you. And I guarantee you, seek loving the Holy Spirit. Seek 
the Holy Spirit's will for your life. I wrote the, a couple examples down. When you pray, Holy Spirit, any way that you desire to use me, I'm willing. Right? Because now it's not about you. It's about what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you. Any way that you can use me, I want it. Whatever your will is, however you see fit to use me, I want it. Holy Spirit, help me to know you. Help me to know your heart. Help me to know your will. Help me to know what's important to you. Relationship. I guarantee you, you make that your aim, your focus, you're going to encounter the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're going to plug into that power and, and the Holy Spirit is going to use you in greater and greater capacities. We hope that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more about 242, you can email Pastor Justin at jcorkum at manchesterassembly.org. You can also tweet us at 242NH. Again, that's T W O. 42NH. Or on Facebook, you can look us up under 242 Young Adults. We look forward to your feedback, and we'll see you next time.